Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you closer to the action. My name is Jay and I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Amber and Roxy. <laughs> Amber jumped the gun a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are joined by a very special guest today and his name is Jordan. Hey, what's up everyone? So to keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at All At Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze for exclusive interviews as they come up. Before we begin, we'd like to give a shout out to our patrons that help make this episode possible. Big thanks to Danielle, Stuart, Mian, and Brianne for their support. If you are interested in joining our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash craze magazine to check out all the great perks that we have for our members and letting you guys know we've been saying it for weeks on the episode. Our mini zine is live and it is ready for you to purchase. The online magazine should be available soon and Roxy also ordered a second batch. So pick up your copy today. And all the links. All What's our next mini zine? Jay, who won for our mini zine number four? Can we announce it? Are we or allowed number to announce three. it? The well, Twitter poll. The Are Twitter poll to? was got seven, but there's no timeline on that, so don't jump the gun yet. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. The Got Seven album was picked by all the fans, so we shall see. Be on the lookout in the future. Anyways, today we are joined by Jordan, also known as Jordan Orm on YouTube. I'll go ahead and let Jordan introduce himself and we can get started. Hey, so what's up everyone? My name is Jordan and I am a professional video editor and I live out in LA and I edit a lot of music videos for mainstream artists, artists like Justin Bieber, Post Malone, Roddy Rich, Tyga, g Easy, a bunch of other really fun ones. And I love to react to music videos on YouTube and I like to break them down and kind of just analyze them from a video editor perspective. and. Yeah, I have a great time doing it. And I ended up doing a lot of K-pop videos too because I've been a K-pop fan for about two years now. And um, so I love to like go break them down because they're a lot different than American music videos. So there's a lot of different editorial techniques that I like to point out and it's a lot of fun. All right, dope. Oh my God. So be ready. Your brain is going to be picked by all of us. <laughs> but um, again, like super excited to have you here, Jordan. Thank you so much for joining us on the Craze Cast. I'll start it off first. Um, what made you decide to go down the route of editing and pursuing this type of career in That's film? a good question. So actually, I didn't even know what I really wanted to do. And then I started school, uh, college, and I was like, okay, I think I maybe want to be a film major. And so I did that and I made my first short film in school and I got into the editing suite and I just started editing one night and then I look up at the clock and it was like 5 a.m. and I was like oh my gosh what the frick happened to time and so at that point I just I was like wow I think I can do this for a career because like I got so lost in the story and so lost in in editing a film that it just I, I really loved it so that that's kind of what sent me on my editing journey and then from there I just 
said, Hey, let me edit your stuff. And then that kind of turns into a new project after a new project. And that's, that's kind of how it happened. And then I ended up falling into music videos and you know, it's music videos are really fun because I'm personally a drummer. So music videos and like music just kind of comes naturally to me because of the rhythm and the pacing that editing has with music specifically. So I've fallen into that um, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Roxy and Amber, feel free to always jump in and ask any other questions. What's your favorite part about the editing process? I think it it comes down to telling the story. As an editor, you get a lot of creative freedom. I think the editor, director, and DP have the most creative freedom in any project that you see at all. Any film or video or documentary, the editor has a ton of creative power to choose what goes on the screen at any given time. So you get to choose the pacing, what shots end up in the final film, and a lot of different... um, just just so much creative freedom that you have. And that was, that's what really drew me to editing. And um, it's, it's a lot and a lot of fun. I love it. That's really interesting to hear because a lot of people think like the storyboarders or the costume designers or the makeup artists um, or even the set designers are the ones who have like the power to shift a music video um, in the, a certain direction. So hearing that you think it's like the editors and the, the directing producer is what I'm guessing yeah, so, DP for? So the, D, the DP is the director of photography. So that's the cinematographer. Oh. So they basically affect how the image looks, which is very important. Um, so they affect how the image looks and the director, I'm just going to give you a rundown on the jobs now. <laughs> so the director, their job is to basically plan out the whole video and say, hey, this is what I want. Like, I want the camera to be here. I want these things to be shot. And I want the performance to look like this. All of those things are the director. So the director has probably the most creative power. And then the DP affects how the image looks. So they do the lighting and they help with like the colors and the looks and they help a little bit with the production design and they all coordinate to create the image that you see. And then the editor does the pacing and selects what image goes into the video and they do all the fast cutting and the fun, fancy stuff that you see and really make the entire video come together. Cause without the editor, nothing would happen. You know, it would just be long takes of nothingness. Now, I actually, for like a very short period of time, did some videography in college. So like, I know with editing, you just get like thrown a ton of like video that you have to pick and choose from, which is why it takes so freaking long to get anything edited. Right, right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because as an editor, you're like the first person to see any kind of final product because before when you're on set, you're like, okay, we shot some stuff. I have no idea how it looks cut together. But once you start cutting it together as the editor, you're like, oh, you can picture what the final film is going to look like. And it's really fun. It's really cool. So like when it comes to getting assigned to edit like certain videos that you are given, are you given some sort of like brief or plot or are you given more creative freedom when it comes to your edit? Like especially when it comes to your editing like assignments that you're given. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it depends from director to director, but generally what you'll get from a music video is you'll get a treatment and a song, basically. So you'll get to listen to the song ahead of time and they'll be like, hey, this is the song that we're making a video for. Have a listen to it, see if you like it or not. And then there's a treatment 
which is basically a PowerPoint that the director creates and it lays out like the entire story of the video and they like have text on there and lots of images to show, hey, this is like what the video might look like, a lot of reference images and they kind of go through the entire story throughout the song and basically tell you almost in a storyboard but more in like a PowerPoint form what the video is going to be like and that's kind of what you go off of when you're editing is trying to recreate that vision that the director originally had. And lots of times the director will send you a bunch of notes to after the shoot and help you kind of put it all together. And that, then you go from there and make your first cut and then go through notes and do lots of different processes with the director and with the label and with the artist and try to finish out a, a video for them. That's really a cool thing to hear because we've had the privilege of talking to music producers who kind of mix and edit um, different K-pop songs. And they spoke on how they also like when they get they get briefs is what Aiden called them. And it sounds like very similar for music video editing as well. What do you do when you read a brief and the vision that comes to your head from the brief and the storyboard doesn't exactly match what the director is looking for? Yeah, I think there's a few things you can do. You can just chat with the director about it, say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And then just lay out the idea and see what the director thinks. But your job as the editor is definitely to execute the director's vision. So you want to support the director in everything that they're doing. You're not trying to undermine them or go against what they originally have for the vision. So you can obviously bring ideas to the table and and put your own spin on things. And that's great. And directors love that. And that's why directors hire editors often instead of editing things themselves, because they like to get a fresh perspective on the material. So you can do that and bring your own ideas to the table. But yeah, like I said, it's definitely your job as the editor to support the director's vision and really help them achieve what they're wanting to achieve. So when it comes to editing your videos, um, how long is usually the process of it? Like between, you know, dealing with the director, sending it off, and then all of that? That's a good question. It depends. Some videos are so fast and some of them just drag on for months and it's frustrating. (laughs) But um, (laughs) generally to get a first cut done, it takes about two to three days. So usually the first day is entirely just ingesting the footage, which is bringing all the raw footage into the project and then going through everything, make selects of that and sync everything up to the song and then you should be good to go. And that takes about a day. And then the second day, I usually spend editing the whole video and putting it all together. And so if I do my homework the first day, the editing will go way smoother and way faster. But if I don't do all that organization on the first day, It'll take way longer just to edit the whole video because I don't really know where everything is. And so it generally takes about two days. Then I'll present that cut to the director and the director will give me notes on what they want to see different and how they want to shape the video to meet their vision. And then after that, that usually takes about three days for notes on that. And then we send it off to the label and to the artists and see if they come back with notes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, Most of the times they have some small things, but it's usually not too big. So yeah. So like my next question is like, sometimes there's going to be challenges that you face when it comes to the editing process, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely like want to know how do you overcome them? Cause like sometimes you just get stuck and it's just like, I don't know how to do this. How yeah. do I go forward? So like, what are yeah. some things that you do to overcome some of the challenges you face when you do go through your editing process? Yeah, that's a good question. Lots of times when there is more creative freedom 
given to me and it's not exactly super laid out, which happens fairly often. I have to like really delve into my mind and think like, okay, how do I want to structure this? Like what scenes do I want to show first? What do I want to like leave out later? Do I want to intercut things? So we're going back and forth between scenes. We're in one scene and then we move to another scene entirely. And so when I'm going through those things, lots of times I like to take lots of breaks because when I'm editing, I'm just like thinking, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? What's the next thing I need to do? Lots of times if you just take breaks and like go on a walk or like walk around the house a little bit, you really are able to think clearly and just be like, okay, what, what should I do here? I'm a really introverted internal thinker. So I don't like to like externally process. So I just like go for a walk and like process in my mind how I should edit this. And then I usually come up with an idea while I'm doing that. It's almost like when you're in the shower and you only have shower thoughts and you're like, you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, frick, you have like these really intense, deep thoughts when you're just alone in the shower. So I basically like do that, <laughs> go give myself some uh, shower thoughts and then come back and, and edit. So yeah. Why like is that. that the best way for like creative <laughs> processes though? It really is. It really is. It applies across the board. So it's really fun. I did have a question. So has there ever been a situation where like you turn in something and then like they come back with like a really sudden edit that just yeah. like, out of nowhere? That's a good question. Let's see. I remember, so this wasn't a thing that I turned in, but recently this past year, I was not on a job and a different director slash editor edited a first cut of a YG video. YG is like an American rapper. So he did a video for them and YG like hated the video, like absolutely hated it. And so they had to reshoot a decent amount of it in like this white void room and the other editor wasn't available to edit it. So basically what I had to do was recut this entire video that was already edited with some new footage. So I did that and then I had to go to YG's house actually, which is really weird. Like, <laughs> so I'm like up in the Hollywood Hills on like Muholland Drive up in the mansions and I go over to YG's house. We sit down with him and a few homies and we edit and it was a great time. And we just put the laptop on there and put the video up on the TV and just edited right through it in about like five or six hours and got it, got it done. But that was crazy because I had to really be on my feet and think about how to get that done because we were basically starting from scratch and but the video was already done but then it wasn't done and it was just it was a very confusing time but it was stuff like that happens fairly often so it's it's a crazy world being in the music video industry that sounds extremely intimidating <laughs> <laughs> i feel yeah, like it was, was it was crazy where they were like come to my house and be like i don't know if i want to do that like I don't right wanna... it was intense it was kind of scary but I mean, YG's a great guy. He's super, super kind and super welcoming. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but there definitely was a time crunch because we needed to finish the video so fast. And because we were already way behind from having to reshoot and re-edit. So that was kind of the more stressful situation was the time crunch. How often do artists say that they like hate something that's turned in? Not too often. I would say maybe 10% of the time. I mean, most people, they have a lot of approval processes to go through. So they're like, hey, when like the basically the process to get a music video made is directors will create those treatments that I was talking about earlier and then they will present them to the artist and label and so the director and whoever their producing partners are come up with the idea and then they present their video to the artist and to the label and they will then sign off and approve on it so like from that level right there the idea is already liked and approved so if like maybe the shooting goes completely wrong then maybe they would hate it but generally 
the shooting goes pretty smoothly and is pretty close to the treatment. So everybody's happy. So that doesn't happen too often, but I don't know. Sometimes it does. Sometimes they just see the footage and they completely change their mind from the treatment. So that leads me into another question now that I think about it. So I don't know if you've heard about what happened with like Blackpink's latest music video where like people were freaking out about like the nurse outfits or whatever it was or something like that. Or another example was um, with 80s when uh-huh. Hong Jun had the cornrows and they had to like edit him out completely with that no hair way. from the music video. Like, has there ever been something that was published and then you had to like fix it later on because of a reaction from certain people? That's a good question. I've heard a lot about stuff like that happening like you said but i don't know if there's a specific thing oh my gosh i'm like flying through all the music videos i've done in my head right now i remember there's like a few i think one thing that people don't notice is how often like beauty is used at least in american music videos i don't know i mean korean skin is like so nice that they don't really need to do that as much but almost every female artist for sure in american music videos has like beauty done to them so basically they just blur out their skin a little bit so it looks nicer and there's not as many imperfections that was kind of surprising to me when i first got into the industry but as far as like cutting things out like censoring things um I can't think of a specific example. I really want to, but lots of times there's like, oh, like I finish a whole video and then the label sees something and they're like, oh, frick, we can't have any of that in the video. And then I have to like recut entire sections of the video, like last minute because they're like, oh, we can't have this girl in the background because like she didn't get like a release or something done. And then we have to like recut stuff. So stuff like that happens fairly often, but yeah. So something that happened recently, again, with Blackpink was in, was it the How You Like That music video? Um, no, wasn't it the, was it How You Like That? I thought it was the most recent one, the Lovesick Girls. Lovesick Girls is with the nurses' outfits. How You Like That, I think, is with Lisa and the, the statue, mm-hmm. the Hindu statue. Yeah, I did uh, hear that. How does that affect, like, the story that's being told in the music video when seven things have to be pulled out? It definitely hurts it a lot because, I mean, anything that gets put in the video is to support the director's vision. So when things get taken out or when things get kind of muddied up, it definitely hurts the overall story. Like, especially on feature films, if we just want to move to like giant music videos, which is like feature films, it's honestly a miracle every time like a good movie gets made because so many things like that happen, but just on like a bigger scale. So things have to get taken out. American music in in the American music video industry, the music kind of comes first. And in Korea, I would say the video comes first because that's where you see the choreography. That's where you see all the money that they they put in so much money into their videos. And that's also why they're super great and fun to watch as they put a huge budget into it. You see the choreography, you see the production design, you see the costumes, all the things that make K-pop K-pop, you see in the video. And the song comes in, all the producing, and everything kind of comes together in the video. And it's like this spectacular thing to watch when you're watching K-pop. And so that's why I think they stand out compared to American music videos, is that's like the video is the final goal. That's what they're really going for. As far as like editing, Korean music videos love like zooms, I say a lot. They love to like put different camera zooms and digital zooms and really emphasize the choreography because it's a very choreography based industry is compared to America. They love the, like every song has choreo. Every song has like a group dance that's freaking insane. And like, we all love it. And everybody goes and learns it like on their own and it's super fun. And (laughs) 
So they use camera movements to emphasize that where American music videos are very more stock and a little more bland with their camera movement. And yeah, those are basically the, the main things that I see. But there's a lot of Western influences too on K-pop that I like to connect, which is really interesting. So yeah, everybody's kind of influencing each other at this point. Like it's, everything's very globalized, which is really fun to see. And so I, yeah, I enjoy it. There's a lot of, lot of fun stuff. I just took a peek at your YouTube channel because I noticed that you had less than 100 videos. So I was like, hmm, let me look. And I noticed that you tend to look at things within the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of us can probably say the quality of a K-pop music video has definitely gotten better. Take a look at older music videos and see how it's changed. Like, Roxy, you could probably pick one out. I know for me, I'd be like, I want him to go look at One Shot from BAP because he mentioned he really likes full feature type things. And BAP began to be known for their long, long ass music videos that tell like a story. I thought you meant like bad videos. So my first thought was like really old Super Junior stuff. (laughs) <laughs> oh god those two that's true that's funny one shot goes one shot is a lot though because it's that's the one was that where young jay gets shot at the end yep it's it's a weird story was that when they were mafia they did mafia twice yes because and then if you watch the skydive music video the skydive music video is even longer <laughs> so i think that's like what 20 minutes right amber 18 I've watched it too many times to count. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So since we're talking about K-pop music videos and we've taken a look at your channel, what has been your favorite video you've seen so far? Maybe that you haven't edited or just in general? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one of my favorite videos of this year is Dechata by Augusti by Suga. He's so good. It's so good. And I think the reason I like it is because of the production value and the story that's in it. I really am like, first and foremost, a storyteller. Like that's what, as humans, that's what we all connect to. And that's what we all love. And K-pop has a lot of great performance videos, which is super fun. It's super fun to break down and say like, oh, how do they do all these like really crazy camera moves and editing tricks? And it's fun to talk about that. But what is really important and what lasts longer and connects with people more is good storytelling. And I think that video has that. And that video is really talks about um, him and it talks about Korean history and Korean culture and the, like, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the background about it. You guys can speak to that much more than I can, but it talks about him comparing it's like it's just a giant flex song of him comparing himself to royalty and maybe he is royalty i don't i don't know how all of that works but it's a really cool story of how like the butcher in the beginning like comes back at the end and like saves his life and then there's like a rebellion and it's like it's almost like star wars really quick but like in a k-pop music video and it's it's a really it's really cool so i really love that video from this year um yeah i think that's that's my favorite 100% 100% unbiased opinion, greatest video ever. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I see a lot of uh-huh. the Rex is so the resident uh, sugar stand <laughs> in this house. I love it. I love it. So, like, 
how did you even come across k-pop like what were your Oof. initial thoughts when you like were exposed to it and so, just diving in through it oh i love this this is going to take me back to 2018 um yeah so my roommate and i my roommate actually got me into k-pop he's a uh, he's like it's really funny because he's like this giant football player dude and he's like yeah I freaking love k-pop korean people are so beautiful and <laughs> and uh so we were roommates in college and he was like bro you got to watch this video like it's so good it's so good and i was like i was a film major at the time and i was kind of into music videos like i would watch them every once in a while but i was really more focusing on like narrative and like storytelling and stuff like that but he showed me i think the first video he showed me was um seventh sense by nctu and i was like brilliant music video it's so it's still one of my favorites like top like the song is so good the swagger like oh they just go off they just pop it's such a good debut video and so because of that i've always been a huge fan of nct um and i also i like hip-hop a lot and they have a lot of hip-hop influence in their music so i really love them basically i watched nct and exo first i think and then bts um, so I watched Blood, Sweat, and Tears from BTS pretty early on. I watched Monster by EXO, I believe. And yeah, so those were kind of like the beginning videos. And then I got, I got, so it was, it was boy bands first. I was like, bro, these guys have so much swag. Like, they're just, they're too cool, man. I can't even, can't even touch their level. And we were also in a choreo at the time. He loves dancing. I love dancing too. So we were like, they have everything, man. They have like crazy choreography. They look so good. The camera moves, the cinematography, everything. It was just so, so fun to watch. And it just really stood out from all the American videos that I've been watching. So I was like, shoot, I got to go on a deep dive and learn everything about this now. Because, I mean, that's how everything happens when you get into K-pop. You know, you just go on a deep dive and get obsessed. And so that's kind of what that's what i did with my boy and then like for girl groups i first got into like red velvet and then blackpink after that yeah red velvet's great and there's more like insane girl groups just popping up all the time and i'm like oh my gosh they're going crazy but yeah it's a good time i wanted to ask okay so something we do frequently with the craze um is when we talk about new releases, we kind of break down the music videos. Could you give us some pointers about how to better evaluate the scenes we see? Ooh, I think, so when I break down music videos, the first thing I think about is the story, like I was talking about earlier, because that's what people will remember and connect to. Like everybody will connect to something in a story. So I first look at the symbolism and the overall arc of the story because lots of K-pop videos like have characters. Basically, each member is portrayed as a character, maybe going through some sort of struggle. I think that's the biggest. I mean, that's a normal storytelling technique, but that's what a lot of K-pop videos do. So I try to nail that first and then kind of reverse engineer it from there and say, oh, this specific scene is saying this about this character. Like say, okay, we're talking about Teichita. So basically Teichita is about Suga and he is basically rising to power and he's fighting himself. And that's like what the whole video is about. And he's like, there's a King Suga and then like Peasant Suga and King Suga is trying to like take Peasant Suga out and they're basically just dueling and fighting each other. And that's what the whole video is about. And then you can go scene by scene and break down like, hey, in this scene, King Suga is standing on top of this guy because he's saying like, bro, I'm 
the power here like don't mess with me and then then you kind of break down each scene like that another thing i've noticed um when I was watching your videos you tend to talk about like the filters they may put on or like the different angles like a camera might take what are some of the common camera angles or editing techniques you see in k-pop music videos these days that's a good question um I think before like like I said before they do a lot of zooms with either zoom lenses where you like actually zoom a lens in and the the frame kind of goes like this to the beat or they do digital zooms where in post the editor will take the frame and they'll adjust it that way and create motion. But I'm kind of almost seeing that go away a little bit recently. They're doing, they're using more in camera techniques where they will put the camera maybe on a crane or on a steady cam and just kind of leave it as is. They won't do that many zooms because zooms you can kind of tell they kind of feel fake a little bit and they don't feel because you can tell that something was manipulated to make that happen but if you have an just an in-camera look which is just the lens how it normally is and you don't adjust it then it creates more of an organic feel and i'm noticing that a little bit more with k-pop videos um of just leaving the lens kind of as it is i know that's like we're getting all nerdy and technical now but that's oh no we love that shit in this house we love let's go so that's one thing I'm I'm seeing a little bit more of. I've seen a bigger variety of styles. There's a lot of different styles that we're seeing now. I think especially because of quarantine, which creates a little bit of limitations. Like in Dynamite by BTS, they had like a static camera like the whole time almost. And then at the end, they were moving it a lot more. But in the beginning, it was very static. And that's like something you hardly ever see in K-pop music videos is like a static camera. Um, and so that was really cool to see. And there's just a lot of different styles getting introduced instead of having like a K-pop style. It's more of we're exploring all the styles that could possibly be there and different videos are using them. So that's super cool to see. Roxy, do you have any questions? Not at the moment, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, a little fun question for you, Jordan, if you could have the opportunity to edit for a K-pop group, which K-pop group would it be? Why? And what kind Ooh. of video would you like to edit for them? Ooh, okay. That's a good question. I love that. Um, I think I would edit. Oof, that's hard. I think I would love to edit my favorite K-pop videos, like production companies are Lumpins, which do, they do a lot of BTS videos. And then Ridge and Film is another production company that's very, very good. They do a lot of a big variety of films different groups different entertainment companies so i'd love to edit one of their videos go ahead for roxy and jay lumpins did um run and i need you oh they did run makes sense yeah sorry for interrupting jordan (laughs) no they're they're so good i get oh i love it they get they just get me going um so yeah i would do i would love to do one of those production companies so that i think they just create such high quality products in their videos um if I would pick like a group, I mean, I think for sure it would have to be BTS, probably. I like Blackpink a lot too, but their videos have a certain like style that I don't love. There's something about their videos that's like a little bit plasticky or a little bit like they have a lot of speed ramps. And there there's this thing where you basically, if you shoot at a high frame rate, the video looks a little bit more choppy. 
and there's not as much motion blur. Like if you see my hands making a lot of motion blur, there's not as much motion blur in Blackpink videos, which gives it kind of like a plasticky, choppy feel. And I don't love that as much, but they have incredible videos. Like I'm not, they are so good. But I think my style is more like a BTS, um, BTS kind of video. So I think that's what I would love to do. That would be so fun. Total kind of left turn question here. But I noticed, like I said, I creeped on your YouTube channel. Um, Amazing. Have you happened to see any DPR videos? I have, actually, yeah. I've seen some DPR live stuff. So the producer for for DPR um, is Ian, and Ian's actually a former idol. Do you think that his experience as an idol has given him an eye for what he wants to see in a music video and how to like direct and give instructions down the line because correct me if I'm wrong Roxy and Jay but he does everything in-house right I believe he does yeah yes he does he's yeah I think I've heard that too and that's incredible like what a jack of all trades like but still not master of none like he can do it all he's a master of everything that's like so good and I really really admire people like that Um, I would say, yeah, definitely. I think when you're around the music video industry, you learn like a lot about it just in being in it, like being on set, seeing how other directors work, even if you're able to attend editing sessions where you would see an editor work and watch them do their thing. Like just by being around people that do those things, you learn so much. So I would say definitely, yes, being an idol would help with that <laughs> because you're that's what your job is your job is to make music videos and be the talent in the music videos and then you see everybody else's job and how they do that and you're like oh frick I can do that too and then you go off and do it and it's great so another thing god I have a lot of questions tonight uh, <laughs> what's a music video magic that you can like ruin for us <laughs> I know my big thing that I'm always curious about is in the end of the backdoor music video, how they suddenly like disappear all the members. Like yeah. you see them go behind and then they suddenly just boop, boop, boop so cleanly. Like you can't find the cut to yeah. someone who's not like experienced with that. We don't know where to look to find the cut. Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I do this all the time with my girlfriend. Like <laughs> she'll just be sitting next to me. I'll be watching something. I'll be like, hey, look at this. This is how they did that. And then she'll be like, you're ruining it for me. Stop. And she gets so mad. (laughs) So basically for the backdoor video, um, I think what they did is there's a thing called, and I actually didn't notice this at first, which I'm I'm mad about. I didn't notice this in my reaction. So like everyone's like, oh, how'd they do this? I'm like, oh, frick, I didn't even talk about that. But what they did is they have like a motion tracked camera. So basically they do like a camera movement. This is, this is our camera. Uh, this is a podcast, so you can't see anything, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so basically they, they, <laughs> they have a camera and they move it back. And then they do the whole thing where their members are going through tunnels and stuff of the choreography that they created. And then they do the whole thing again, but they get a plate. And what the plate is called is it's basically the background with nothing in it. So they have the plate and then the shot with the members and they're both the exact same shot because they had a motion tracked camera that got the exact same shot. And then what they do is they mask out the members and then they show the blank shot behind. So basically as the members are like traveling across, like going behind something, then at the other side of that thing, they'll show the background shot that they got. 
which is just nothing. So then the members look like they're just disappearing into space. That's really cool. Right? That's freaking awesome. Roxy J, what are some things that you're curious about? One thing that makes my girlfriend really mad is that all sound is fake, basically. So when you're on music video sets, every shot that you get is like there's no sound in it. So you're basically syncing up shots based on lips and how the lips look. And if there's any sound before and after the video, all of that is just like created out of nothing because they don't shoot any sound. I can echo that. When I did the music video with Mont, um, they had the music playing in the background for them to be able to sing along for mouth movement, but that's definitely not the audio that was placed in the video. Right. Well, yeah, obviously not because it would be like echoey and gross. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I'm more talking about like in the intro videos, like before music starts playing and if there's any kind of like... Or like the big hit bubbles. Yeah, like that or like if there's any kind of walking or if there's a scene and there's like stuff happening in the scene before the music starts, like all of that sound is is fake. I guess you could kind of answer it. It's just like, how do you edit in all the Foley that comes in and like just making sure the sounds sync up to the movements and all of that. And I'm like, how do they do this? And getting the timing right. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of little finagling just to get the, uh, that's a fun word, finagle. <laughs> it just to uh, get the, uh, get the lips to match perfectly. You got to look at the M's and you got to look at the B's and the P's where like your lips touch each other to kind of really help sync up that music. Yeah. What's your music video pet peeve? Oof, I hate it when people cut on the beat exactly. And like over and over. It's okay if you do it like once or twice, but if people cut on the, like beginner editors do this a lot. It's a big beginner editor mistake is you're listening to a song and you're like, oh, when should I cut the shot? And then it's like, oh, on the beat, obviously I should cut exactly on the beat. And then they do it like two or three times in a row. And then at that point you can really you can anticipate when the cut is going to happen and the video instantly becomes boring and not fun to watch because you're like, Oh, and they're going to cut here. Boom. And then they're going to cut here because you are listening to the song at the same time. And so if you watch professional music videos, they almost don't ever cut exactly on the beat. If they're going to cut to like a new scene on a beat, usually it's a tiny bit before the beat because we need like a second to process the image that is coming in. And also when we're watching an edit, we want it to feel seamless. We don't want to notice the editing very much because we want to just absorb the story and what's happening on the screen. So, Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, in the Thanks music video for ATs, Mingi does that dance where he like pulls the dancers and it's on like the downbeats. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you can see like the little bit of change, but it's, it's not as jarring. So I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So if like you're cutting exactly on the beat because it's on a beat and you see a cut at the exact same time, it is jarring because you really notice that change. But if you're like shifting it a tiny bit so it's not exactly on the beat, then it feels more seamless because you're not hearing something and seeing something at the exact same time that is jarring. Um, But sometimes it's great to cut on the beat if you're trying to emphasize something and make that punch. but when you cut on the beat, it creates a jarring feeling. So you just have to kind of know that and have that in the back of your mind. A better thing is to cut actions on the beat. So like if there's a shot and somebody like hit something, like I remember in a Blackpink video, 
or in like lovesick girls when lisa has the sledgehammer and she like hits the car with it like that's way better to match like the hit to the beat rather than like a cut on the beat so yeah oh i had a editing magic question and i lost it oh my oh, god no. no oh i lost it i was just like i was so into what he was saying that i was just like wait um oh here's what i wanted to ask there's a lot more more like it happens often but more frequently in k-pop we've been seeing a lot of those one-shot takes yeah you know it's just like okay i know it can't be entirely one shot so how like you know it's just like how do you make it seem so seamless like what it happens and like you don't notice the cuts because there's something like sometimes it does happen where like somebody makes a mistake and it's just like how do you go through that right what is there an example you're thinking of the dingo music videos they are claimed to be done all at once uh-huh. Go ahead. I don't think I've seen those, but a lot of music videos actually are done in one take. There because it's only like usually three or four minutes. And so that's definitely possible to do one take in. It's not too long. Um, and so a lot of music videos, I know American music videos at least. I haven't seen a, t- a ton of one takes. The one one take video that comes to my mind is uh that 17 dance video where they're like on front of the steps. Um it's like the dance oh, team. Yippee. Yibby, yes. I can yeah, never say this. I can't say it. Either. <laughs> it's like yibby, yeah, I don't know. But that one was one take, and that one's so cool. Um, and the thing about that that's really cool is they do a lot of zooms, but like with the editing, and so it's it feels fresh the whole time when you're watching because different framings are being created, which is a lot of fun. Um, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes you can hide different cuts by like wiping in front of something. So if you see like something in the foreground go by, then you can cut there. And if you create like a, so that's basically like a wipe transition or if there's a whip pan, anytime there's like a whip pan where the camera looks like it's moving really fast, you can cut there because there's a lot of motion blur and people won't notice if there's a cut during the motion blur. Um, if it looks like there's like ever a time where the screen goes mostly black or mostly one color usually there's a cut there because like i don't know if somebody like walks towards the camera and then like it goes into their shirt or something and then it comes out of somebody something else like that's usually a cut the knock knock videos knock knock i don't know if i've seen those it's one of the many production companies here in korea but they do it to where there's like a door where they knock and then it changes to different choreography. Like GOT7 did it, Stray Kids has done it. Uh, I think a couple girl groups have done it. My guy group bias is showing. Um, (laughs) But like a lot of the cuts are done like when they close the door and open the door. Yeah, yeah, definitely cutting on action, like you said, like closing or opening something is a great way to hide it because we're being distracted by the action that's happening. So if, yeah, if you're, if you're, if there's something happening on the screen that's distracting, like my hands moving or like uh, something flying at the camera or, or an action happening, that really distracts the viewer's eye and cuts can be hidden a lot easier that way um what a few music videos exo is known for doing them actually uh for was it growl and call me baby those were technically considered one shots yeah and i'm just like 
I can't tell where the, like certain parts, yes, but it's just like, what? Yeah, I haven't watched those in like two years. So yeah, I remember those ones. Those are so good. Um, So I don't remember. I'd have to have fresh eyes on it. But yeah, I mean, like I said, if there's ever any like a camera whip or like anything in front of the screen, that's always like a good time to hide a cut. But sometimes they might just do it in one take. And if they claim to do it in one take, I would trust them because three to four minutes isn't isn't too long if it was like 20 minutes like 30 minutes then it's like okay that's insane (laughs) speaking of like dancing and things I just how do you edit dancing because there seems to be all these like little intricate movements that you want to catch but also these big pictures that they make too so yeah how do you choose the different scenes and besides yeah. the storyboarding but like the little what things get kept and what don't yeah that's a good question i think one thing that i love to talk about all the time on my channel is match cutting and k-pop videos are very good at this during dancing because when you have action that is matched like i don't know like if you spin around and then you cut to a new location and i'm still spinning around that's like a match cut because all of the choreo throughout the entire song matches. So anytime there's a different location and they just switch spots, but they're doing the same choreo, it creates a match cut and that's really cool. And so lots of times they are choosing shots to try to create match cuts in K-pop videos. And then like you were saying with like intricate movements to like big pictures that they're creating, that's pretty intuitive because on those like intricate movements, usually you want to like be closer. As an editor, I usually like to try to like be in the audience's shoes and be like, okay, what would I want to see as an audience member? Like, how do I want to highlight the dance and make it look as cool as possible? So if there's like a really intricate, cool like hand movement that they're doing, you usually want to be closer on somebody to like really see that and really absorb it. And then if they're creating big pictures with their choreo or they're doing like a really cute dance number and they're all like perfectly in sync and it's like oh my gosh that's crazy then you want to be on a wider shot to like really encapsulate all of that stuff so basically you just pick your camera angles based on what the choreo is doing and so if there's big wide movements be wider and if there's small intricate movements be closer and that's usually a general rule of thumb that helps us a lot i'm learning so much today (laughs) yeah it's like a good time. more things to like look into when we write our reviews right that's just like oh did not notice that like i'm in the middle of a review right now and i'm just like there's so many things i can look for now there's so many things yeah yeah and this is there's like you could talk about this much stuff on any level which is like why your job as a reviewer is so hard because <laughs> there's the choreography there's the producing there's the editing there's the directing there's the members there's the production design there's like so much stuff that goes into it it's insane well we've talked a lot about the things that we should look for when like in music videos and in your experience in particular let's just talk as a whole now based on cinema the cinematography what are your favorite k-pop music videos Oof. as far as the cinematography ooh, i mean i think my the one that I just did a reaction to Superhuman by NCT. And I think that's one of my like fit, like that's, that's origin film video, I think. And that's one of like the best edited slash VFX slash art direction cinematography videos I've ever seen. 
like ever. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and so I love that one. Um, SM does a really good job. Well, SM T Entertainment does a really good job technically with all their videos. Um, and they don't, they do a lot of more performance videos and less storytelling, which is why I think that their videos won't last as much as long, but their like videos are so technically well done. So like their editing and their cinematography is so stunning and beautiful and like incredible to watch. For my favorite group music video, these days it's definitely God's Menu by Stray Kids because yeah, Stray Kids is killing it's it. So cool. It's just so cool to see the transitions. Um, but for solo artists, it's definitely got to be uh, DPR's Laputa. Okay. Because the coloring is so cool. And the the way it, like, blends through. It's a lot of, like, turning that happens in the music mm -hmm. video. And mm -hmm. it's best, in my opinion, it's best watched in a dark room on the biggest screen that you could find. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. I mean yeah dpr stuff is so trippy and so like i don't know mesmerizing it's so interesting um which what about I love. you jay i was gonna flip it to roxy first because i feel like i've been talking we haven't heard uh, much from roxy yet okay fine roxy talk <laughs> fine jesus <laughs> um i was actually gonna choose uh butterfly by luna um Ooh, that is a good one I, I feel like it makes me so emotional and i feel like there's not that's not necessarily something that's easy to do like yeah. every time i watch it i get extremely emotional wow that's incredible it's so hard to do that in like three four minutes it's so hard to do um i think these i think amber and roxy are so tired of me talking about her <laughs> i'm always on her agenda um her music it's the video. iu agenda <laughs> yeah we're getting yes. on the iu train I know, we know already. <laughs> so, like, I, her music videos to me stick out so much because, like, for solo artists, there's so much detail. Like, sometimes she incorporates these stories, and her music videos aren't that long. Um, I think her longest music video is, like, 10 minutes, but that's including the credits to the production team who are mm -hmm. working with her, all the people who she cast, but her red shoes or let me take it back you and i and the above the time music videos are linked together and um you and i was released oh god i don't remember the year but it was released first and it it follows a story of iu growing up and the visuals to the music video it has this old timey like kind of feel Ooh. a little bit of european style like parisian style going on and then um above the time which she came out with is it earlier this year yes um she it it's the follow-up to you and i a few years later and even then that music video is just like oh my right? god you did that like how did you connect it's been years since you and i and above the time has passed but it like you connect it and the story just blows my mind every single time. And I feel like the quality only got better. And then mm. it like, I recommend if you haven't seen any of her music videos, those two are really good music videos, but her red shoes music video is probably 
my favorite of all because it takes on the Great Gatsby 1920s feel to it. And it, it takes in, like, there's a lot of editing I think you'd like to pick and choose from. Like, there's a lot of black and white, and then there's the color blocking of just a single color, specifically the red shoes. Um, it does, oh God, red shoes, um, it was a film in the past, and she takes a lot of inspiration from that. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I nerd out to her a lot because she's my favorite solo artist. So we it's love just like, you still. I'm just like, it's eh. so good. It's so wow. good. Please watch if you haven't watched it already. And I'm going to be like, Jordan, and I'm DM you. I'll be like, Jordan, have you watched it yet? <laughs> yeah, you got to check up on me. <laughs> like, please, can you watch it? Like, can you take a request? <laughs> that leads me to my, like, next question, for mostly for Jay and Roxy. Um, if you could recommend a video for Jordan to look at and break down, which one and why? Ooh. I was about to bring one up. So, Oh My God by G Idol. Yes. The story of that song is so, like, it's so easy to dissect, I think, for people that are not super into trying to figure out what the storyline is. I just thought it was very upfront, and I don't feel like I see that as often, uh, right. story-wise, at least. I did actually do that one. So that one is out, and it's, like, it's a fun one. I really love that video. It's so good. Um, I think for me, I would love to see you look at Skydive by BAP. Ooh, I'm writing all these down, by the way, so. The 18-minute one? The one that's yeah, too long? Yeah, you gotta watch the, eight, the, the yeah, long you, one. The you one with the plot the twist. Long, yeah, the long cinematic one, because that one was, ooh, that was a lot to take in. Um, Dang, okay. They're no longer a group anymore, but... Tiara's cry cry music video and sexy love music video because they did like they did quote unquote drama versions of the song they also have the separate music video that just showcases the choreography and everything like that but their drama versions of those songs like they casted um they casted some like pretty big actors in a few of them and I'm like oh I think you would enjoy watching those music videos too. Wow, that sounds so fun. I'll have to check it out. All right. And then uh, before we um, end off today's podcast, again, thank you so much for joining us. It was fun talking to you. What For our listeners and your followers, what are some things that we can expect from you to see from you in the future in regards to your YouTube channel or any work that you can talk about? stuff like that. Ooh, fun, fun. Well, I'm always editing and working on music videos. So I have a few music videos coming out and that's what I post a lot on my Instagram about. And as far as the YouTube channel, I am planning on releasing some more videos about industry tips. So if you're really looking to get into the music video industry or the film industry, I'm really looking forward to talking about how to get jobs and how to get your foot in the door and kind of talk about my journey like I did a little bit on this podcast today. And so I'll be doing a little bit more of that. And hopefully next year sometime, I'll be having a music video editing class coming out, which will tell you exactly how to edit music videos professionally from start to finish. And that'll be super fun too. And then as always, we'll always have reactions to your favorite music videos always coming out. So It'll always, it'll be a good time. It'll be a great time. And so thanks so much for watching anything that you do. 
I appreciate that. And thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. It was super, super fun. So it was an honor. And where can we find you, Jordan? Go ahead and plug wherever we can find you. So you can find me on YouTube at Jordan Orm. And my Instagram is Jordan underscore Orm. And my Twitter is at Jordan Orm. And the Orm is O-R-M-E, like Orme. And that's basically it. All right. And as we wrap up, any final thoughts from you, Amber and Roxy? Um, I just wanted to say again, thank you for coming to hang out with us. We know it's early. Um, and I really did learn a lot. And it's always, as a fan, I'm always wanting to learn more about uh, the things I enjoy and be able to look into it and see really how much work that goes into it. Um, we've talked with music producers and now chatting with you being an editor, it really does give an insight into how intricate um, these videos are. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for asking amazing questions. You guys are killing it. I do think it's really great for like people that are into this to sort of see a perspective into all the work that goes behind the things that they enjoy. So yeah, I thought today was really fun. And again, thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us. Um, make sure to follow us all on social media. Check out our website. We do come out with weekly or daily articles. Um, there are a few weekly columns, monthly columns, all of that. This has been the Craze Cast. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening in. And we shall see you all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.